0: Life Happens, weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m.
1: Eight minutes past one on SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. Welcome to Live Happens. My name is Komo Zokeji I'm in today for Pimelo Modine. It's Wednesday, the 3rd of June. Of course, we lead the conversation. And if you want to join the conversation, you can call us on 0891-104-207 or you can SMS us on the number 41391. That SMS will cost you around 50. Alternatively, you can also WhatsApp us on the number 61 we were also available on the DSTV Pukke channel eight one four. On Twitter, we are at SAFM Radio, or you can tweet me at kgmwekezi and hashtag us, please, at all times on hashtag SAFM. Live happens. Coming up on the show today, we're talking education in the Western Cape. We're catching up with the MEC Debbie Schaefer. Of course, we know that the Western Cape went back to school fully and holistically on Monday, the first of June. And And at around half past one, we're talking uh, Child Protection Week. Why are we failing our children? Why do we continue to see a rise in the number of abused children? And at ten past two, we talk gyms. They're still closed, you know, for business under um, level three lockdown. How are they doing? What's happening there? And at uh, 2.40, we'll talk to a young South African uh, who is a student and a volunteer at the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. So that's what we're doing and uh, please join the conversation as we lead the conversation. 10 past 1 it is. Let's get straight into it. Uh, our guest is um, MEC for Education in the Western Cape, Debbie Sheffer. We know that uh, the Western Cape schools reopened for grade 7 and grade 12 on Monday the 1st of June. Uh, MEC, good morning. Good afternoon, sorry. Good afternoon. And thank you so much for your time. Let's, uh, Hi, Akaji. Let's get feedback. How are things going so far? Uh, you know, you, uh Holistically, went back for grade 7, grade 12, for both public and independent schools in your province. How have things been since Monday? Um they've been actually
0: really quite good i mean a lot better than I expected, given the confusion of Sunday. I must be honest um but obviously a lot of learners you know, still haven't come back yet there, um, some parents are, are still concerned, but just about just about hundred percent of our schools have opened since Monday, there were about thirty that didn't, and now yesterday that number had come down. So um, it's, it's, it's actually going pretty well. I've just been to a school visit now actually with our premier that is, um, has uh, taken the grade 7 learners in and they were I was so impressed with what they've done to ensure that the, the safety standards are in place.
1: So are you able to tell at this point which portion hasn't come back holistically? Is it the private uh, uh, portion or is it the public portion? no um
0: uh, it's it's just individual schools for different reasons some of the there were some schools where there had been
1: COVID cases by, uh by some teachers so they had to do a proper distance. Yeah. Oh, Did we just lose the, a- the MEC? Okay, we're going to try and get the MEC back, but I think that it's important to also hear from you if you are a parent in uh, the Western Cape who's a parent to a grade 7 and grade 12 learner. Uh, how have things been going according to you? But it's equally important to hear from you if you are a teacher uh, in the Western Cape because we do know that last week Friday there was an announcement that 37 staff um, in the education department at 32 schools in the Western Cape had tested positive for COVID-19. We'll find out, of course, uh, what, you know, the MEC's take on that is. But I think it's very, it's curious for me, and I'd love to hear from you also if you're a teacher and a parent. Have we got you back there, MEC? Yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened there. Okay, so then you did, though, uh, face some parents who were protesting in some areas, uh, specifically the area of Kailicha and Bishop Lavis. How? Uh, what are they saying to you in their protests? What are they not wanting you to do? Um,
0: some parents have been protesting because um, apparently, it's the sober in Kailicha uh, and Bishop Lavis, there were some people who were not happy with the, with the safety protocols. I understand. And uh, so, working with those schools to address any concerns that they still have. Um, but according to my information, everything had been given to the school, but we are working with them to ensure that, that they are satisfied with that.
1: Yeah. Let's double check though. When you say uh, you've got PPEs, is it PPEs uh, for all of the schools, the public schools, the private schools? No, not private schools, definitely not private schools. We are government. You
0: know, We're a government organization, so yeah. we don't provide private schools. Of we course, do give some course. subsidies to to, government too, to private schools, um, but but we haven't procured PPE for them. But we've procured PPE for every single government school in the Western Cape. We've procured two um, class face masks for every teacher and every learner in the province. We haven't delivered all the masks for ev- all the grades because they aren't all back yet, um, but we've delivered enough for the ones that are back. We've delivered sanitizer, we've delivered um, bleach, and we've delivered uh, temperature scanners. We've given detailed protocols to every school as to what they're supposed to do, how they must do the screening, uh, what they need to do if there's a case in the school, uh, all on our website, on the Western Cape Education Department website under uh, Back to School. Yeah,
1: but the elephant in in your space uh, has been the you know the 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 37 staff at 32 schools in the Western Cape testing positive for COVID 19. And you know, has that number increased? And what measures have been put in place for the staff and the students who tested positive in the specific schools and areas that have tested positive?
0: Yeah, they didn't all, they didn't all get it at school. Um, In fact, most of them, as far as my information goes, did not. They came to school with it, uh, so they got it in the community. Some of them arrived at school with it, and sometimes, some of them showed symptoms in the first week they were back. So, um, a lot of people have been getting it in in the communities, which is obviously sad and unfortunate, but it's unfortunate going to happen, you know, the, the long, as long as the virus is around, people are going to get it mm. and unfortunately some of them are going to be teachers, but we, we give them the support that we can, we've got the, the guidelines and protocols in place, um, the, anybody who has direct contact with a person who has tested positive must self-isolate for 14 days um, and so Yes, but we, we we're following all the protocols and, and you know, we've been given from health department with the social distancing, the um the sanitizing, hand washing and wearing masks, masks at school
1: all day as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I want to stay with the, some of them arrived at the schools with it part, uh, the part where you say some of the teachers arrived at the school with it. But I also want to remind our listeners to call and ask you questions if they want to. Please, uh, we're talking to the MEC for Education in the Western Cape, MEC Debbie Sheffer, and uh, you can call us in the studio line 891 if you have a question for her, or you can SMS us on the number 41391 uh, or WhatsApp us alternative on the number zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, You say some of the teachers arrived at the schools with COVID-19, which places a, a different challenge now for the school because if COVID-19 has arrived at any specific school, uh, there are measures uh, that that school has to take to make sure that there's safety for the other teachers and the other students or pupils that will be coming after the teacher has arrived. What happened to the schools where specifically teachers came to the schools with covid no, if, if there was
0: a teacher at the school uh, and they've, they've tested positive, then we obviously do a, a full disinfection of the school, which is the reason why some of the schools didn't open on Monday because they, they, we have to do a full disinfection and then we have to wait for 48 hours. But, I mean, out of those 30, 37 people you mentioned also, some of them actually hadn't even been to school. Some uh, they just associated with the school. So they, there were 37 staff members at schools of ours who had tested positive, but they hadn't even all been to school. We just know that they did test positive. Maybe that's why they didn't come back. So it's a mixture of cases. But if there is somebody at the school and then they are tested positive, then we do... We follow the protocols, including folk deep cleaning and after school.
1: Yeah, you have though, as a government of uh, the Western Cape and the Education Department of the Western Cape, come under criticism from the South African Human Rights Commission that seem to differ, uh, you know, uh, and want to take you to court over the decision to insist on uh, taking your kids to school on Monday. Uh, mm. You say you're the, you, you said your department is well within its rights to throw open the uh, the, the doors of the schools on uh, on Monday morning, as of course you did. What wow. is your response to the South African Human Rights Commission?
0: My response to the Human Rights Commission is that I always understood their mandate to be that of protecting human rights. And one of the most basic human rights is the right to basic education. So I must be honest, I'm, I'm really quite uh, quite uh, confused by the fact that they undertake to take us to court. Because we complied with the minister's gazette and her request for us to get ready to open on the first of June, instead of the people who haven't got ready, Uh, I would have thought that that was uh, something they should rather be fighting. But we will, we will. I've I've responded to them. And we're waiting for their papers.
1: Yeah. The minister did gazette, but uh, in other provinces, the minister did come back also on Monday and say, actually, maybe not. Uh, maybe for some schools, let's open them on the 8th of June. Uh, mm. But even before then, you as the Western Cape were very insistent that, you know, you're opening the schools first thing on Monday morning. Could Did you take into consideration at all the worry, uh, the general worries that the minister had, that some schools were just not? not ready. Some public schools were just not ready.
0: No, absolutely. Um, the, you know, it's completely right that some schools aren't ready, um, but the Minister was supposed to make an announcement at 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. I waited and waited for the announcement, and then just shortly before 6 o'clock, when everyone had been asking me all the, all the time, what are we doing? Are we going back to school tomorrow? Because that's what we had been preparing for then suddenly we received a message to say that she was only having the meeting on the Monday. Now, I can't wait and tell our system, are you going to school tomorrow when it is tomorrow? They needed to know on Sunday whether they should go back to school on Monday yeah. or not. But does, so does, that's when we made the decision.
1: But the, does the COVID-19 not place uh, you know, a different dynamic on everybody? Because uh, I suppose the whole country was in tenterhooks on Sunday. Uh, we're, we as parents were all waiting to hear whether our children go back to school or not. And uh, in other parts of the country, uh, you know, a lot of people you know, waited uh, for that 11 o'clock time and school was cancelled on Monday and uh, for independent schools, for example, in Gauteng, they started on Tuesday. Were you not open to that possibility of hearing what the issue was uh, to allow for that issue to be addressed because it's a confusing time for everybody? We were open to this
0: and we had discussions with the minister over the week, um, over the weekend. On the Monday when she did do her briefing, she said very clearly that schools that were ready to receive learners could do so. And that, um, she had in fact even been at a school the week before in a free state where they had learners at school already. She also said that, uh, that, you know, different provinces are at different stages of readiness, which we completely agree and understand. But what we felt is that we'd been doing everything that she'd asked us to do. Our people have been at school for the last two weeks getting ready. Other provinces, that hasn't happened. So for us to now say at the last minute, sorry, you can't come back to school. All the work you've done for the last two weeks is for nothing. And you must now sit around for another week. We just felt that wasn't educationally sound. And that given that we are ready, there's no reason why we shouldn't. I don't really know why we can't just get on and do it while other provinces just get up to speed. I strongly
1: suspect that, the rest of the, that there will be provinces that won't be ready on the 8th either. So now must we wait until, until when to go so back? So it wasn't what some are suggesting, that it was a form of political grandstanding, if you may. No, okay. We did <laughs> invite people to call you, MEC, uh, at the beginning of our conversation, and we do have a caller. I think it's uh, Arnold. Arnold, uh, welcome to SAFM. Uh, uh, the, the MEC for Education, Debbie Sheffa, is listening to you. Hi, Arnold.
0: Good day, KG. Good day, Amy. How are you?
1: All right. Thanks, for you?
0: I'm all right. Listen, actually, uh, my fear, m- my concern is actually, I-, I have a baby daughter of 12 years old who's in grade 7. And the problem that I'm having is she has underlying illness like asthma. hmm You see, so my fear is uh, since everyone is warning about underlying illness versus COVID-19, what am I supposed to do to make sure that my daughter don't become one of the sisters? Sure,
1: okay, I suppose it also gives you an opportunity to explain m e c the kinds of things that uh you know the protective measures that students uh go through when they do physically get to the school every day now absolutely. Um,
0: Yes, that's a fear that many parents have, and I actually was involved in a discussion yesterday with a a pediatric pulmonologist, a a doctor who specializes in um, children's diseases, particularly uh, asthma and chest uh, problems, as well as um, allergies. And she gave really, really, really good information. And there's actually, if you go look on the Western Cave Education Department website, you will find a position paper by the Pediatric Association there giving the risks of children, which are really are very, very low. But if you she said also yesterday that if it's if you have asthma but it's it's mild to moderate and if it is under control, then you are at a low risk. But what I suggest is that have a look at that uh, position paper and then perhaps just consult your doctor as well and see where, what category you fall into. What we are allowing is if you are in a high risk category and the parents are able to, to, you know, assist the child to to work from home in consultation with the school that that will be allowed, you know, while this, until the pandemic starts to die down. So we have made provision for that, but, but we also, it's important also just to get the medical facts straight. She was very reassuring this woman. She said the risks of, of children getting it are very low. If they do get it, they don't get it badly in general. And, um, she, she gives some very very common uh, and and useful tips. Also, the, the measures that she that we're putting in place, she said, are are the right ones. That we have sanitizer. That they're taught to wash their hands often. That you keep at that distance away from other other children, and teachers as well and that they wear the masks all day long.
1: So yeah. We have a challenge, though, because in the numbers that came out yesterday, MEC, uh, this regards children not, uh, uh, you know, supposedly getting the COVID-19. The numbers that came out yesterday uh, say there's two kids uh, that were infected uh, at a national scale of, of COVID-19. I think one of them is uh, deceased. So that argument kind of no longer holds water that, uh, you know, children aren't as prone to COVID-19 as we originally thought. No, I don't think it's entirely
0: true. No one said they don't get it at all, and you know she she said that, that overwhelmingly they don't they don't get it, and when they do, they don't get it well. Doesn't mean no one ever gets it. It doesn't mean no one ever dies. But what she pointed out is that last year alone, I think she said 500 children died from from normal flu. So she's not saying it doesn't happen ever, um, but but the figures two out of I think we've got 35,000 cases now. It is it is a small number of cases. Obviously, every case is terrible, but. But, you know, they don't get it as badly in general as as
2: adults. So
1: up up to now, because I want to go to the voice notes, there's voice notes that came through for you. Up to now, from uh, Monday to today, um, everything is all systems go and uh, basically everything is going according to how you planned and anticipated
0: well, I don't know about that. Because of the confusion over the weekend, I don't think we've got as many learners as we may have had. I think there are still people staying away and there are some people trying to stop people from staying away. So um, I wouldn't say it's all systems, but we are ready. So let's put it that way. Our schools are, are predominantly open and, uh, and learners are welcome to come to school. And there certainly is schooling happening at a number of our schools.
1: At a technological level, have you opened yourself to the possibility of the kids whose, children, whose parents are insisting that they still stay home for issues of safety and perhaps worry, uh, at a technological level, are schools ready to teach uh, at the same time both uh, in the classroom and teach others who choose to take the option to stay home? No, that's a
0: complicated question
1: because
0: I mean we can't we can't operate schools where people decide you know whether they want to keep their children home or not in general because the law doesn't allow for that. Now the president did say on on, on TV that. He, he wouldn 't want parents to be forced to send their children to school, but currently the legislation says that they can either they either have to go to school or apply for home schooling. I have raised this issue with the minister also and have proposed a, a possible um, relaxation that she could consider to allow parents a bit of flexibility for a certain time period and I believe she is considering that at the moment. But at the moment, the law doesn't say that. So we are allowing those who have comorbidities to stay home and they're going to have to work with the schools to see how they do it. But there's no way our teachers can teach different classes and, you know, a lesson in the afternoon to to different children. So it it is difficult. But I mean, technology has been very useful, but not everyone has access to that. So we have to, we have to take each case on its own merit. Um, and then if people want to keep, as I say, if the minister is going to Gazette that, then they may have that option. Otherwise, they will have to decide whether they want to send their child to school or whether they have to homeschool them, officially homeschool and follow the homeschool Regulation.
1: 26 plus 1, you are listening to SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. We're in conversation with the MEC for Education in the Western Cape, MEC Debbie Sheffer. Uh, of course, the Western Cape went back to school. Uh, they reopened on Monday for grades 7 and 12 and uh, we are also taking your calls and voice notes uh, for the MEC. We've got a couple of voice notes, uh, so uh, please uh, get close to your
2: phone, MEC, to hear what uh, they said. Here's the first one. Hello, KG. I'm in the Western Cape. I will just r- like to remain anonymous for now. Um, I'm based in, in Zule Temba. There are three primary sco- schools here in Zule Temba. To my understanding, those primary schools, they received 225 liters of sanitizers, 225 liters of bleach. OK, I'm not sure about the masks and the schools. Um, will open on on Monday. I mean the learners will be back on Monday in class. Now I would like to know will those twenty five liters be enough until other grades they come in. Once the other grades come in will the, the department add more or will the parents have to add to pop up money for sanitizers and so on. And also once the other grades they start coming where will the classrooms be? Because, to my understanding, Zuela Temba schools, all three primaries, including the the old high school, which is the school, the, those schools, they don't have enough classrooms. What happens to such schools? Will the department send in uh, the mobile containers? And which guarantee do we have as parents that? the department will definitely do that for our kids. And I would like the MEC to just make time to come to Zule and assess the situation. Thank you.
0: Hi, KJ, it's Aubrey here from Western Cape. Look, if, um, let me, right at the outset, dispel the myth uh, uh, promoted by the MEC that some of the teachers arrived at school with uh, COVID-19, it cannot be correct because um, then they would have knew in terms of our protocols that they should stay at home and they should self-isolate. So I think she must take responsibility. It was a pre- uh, premature opening of schools and so is it premature not just for the teachers but also for the for the pupils. So she must take responsibility and not lie to us in public radio. Thank you.
2: Hi, may you please ask the lady that uh, ask the question, what's going to happen if the Department
1: of Education is failing to open all the schools and then they say there's no exams, uh, final exams for all grades. Are they going to be writing their own uh, exams uh, or what's going to be the deal? Okay, those are the three voice uh, notes that we got, MEC, regarding uh, the Western Cape. So uh, as you prepare to answer, I'm going to take a 30-second break and go to news headlines. We're in conversation with the MEC for Education in the Western Cape, Debbie Sheffer, and she will respond to your voice notes in a short while. It's 1.30 now, time for the news headlines on SAFM with Utsile Saku.
2: Call SAFM right now now on 0891-104-207.
1: Welcome back. It's one thirty one. We are in conversation with the MEC for Education in the Western Cape. They went back to school. They reopened their school on Monday uh, for grades 7 and grades 12. We received all three of uh, those voice notes. And we have one last caller before the MEC answers everybody. Hello, Budhana. Thank you so much for calling. Hello, my sister. Hello. Hello, MEC. Hello. See, you know what a uh, good decision to open this, the school, to reopen the schools there. Mm-hmm. No uh, laws that we have contravened. The people that are delaying are the people that have been bullied by Satu, who's not prepared to go back to school. Okay, And other people that are delaying are the people that are stealing these PPEs. Okay, that's the only reason. And that uh, thing, human rights, they are grandstanding. They are trying to play politics. Okay, there's nothing wrong that we have done.
0: By the way, I'm not a DA. But that's a good decision that we have taken.
1: (laughs) Okay, thank you, Bhutana. Thank you so much. Okay, we also have two comments that I'm going to read. The first one says, The Western Cape government is grandstanding, uh, which is not necessary. My daughter is at school, but it wasn't necessary for them to force them while national government had said no to Monday reopening. And the second one, Hi, well done, MEC Schaefer. I hope you have stood up to advocate Undercom and the Human Rights Commission's bully tactics. You did what was asked of you instead of castigating those that failed to do what needed to be done. Advocate Gum is attacking you. That's from Sichaba. So now you have a lot of answers to give to a lot of varied views. Uh, It's your time now, Emissi. Thank you so much. I do, but I I thought this music uh, this interview wasn't quite so long, and I have
0: another appointment. So after this, may I be excused? I'll answer the questions, and if I can, please, I have another meeting. Is that fine? That's fine, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, the first question is Bella Temba. Um, yes, no, we we are going to be delivering more some more PPEs. Um, that won't be enough for the whole school. Completely not. And we are doing that. But what we are also saying is that we can't keep on and on and on providing indefinitely and that schools also do get money from norms and standards funding that we give them. And they must also use some of that. But we, we, that certainly isn't sufficient for the whole school. And when when more learners come, we, there will be more deliveries of things. And I certainly will try and make some plan to come and visit the timber um dispel the myth that some teachers arrived because of covid i'm not sure how that gentleman would know what how each you know where each teacher was and where they got it from so i think you know they might have but it doesn't actually matter There is process that is followed whether they, if they're at a school and they test positive we follow the process so it's not really relevant but i mean there were no children at the school um thirdly if the dve fails to open schools and there aren't exams um that is one of the reasons why we we really feel that it is necessary that they do open, especially the matrics, because obviously they want to get on and study or do what they want to do next year. Um, but there are... The DBE has made plans to cut the curriculum shorter um, for the other grades, and there will be some plans made, obviously, to accommodate the the different situation. Um, they must... You know, they've got to deal with the curriculum that is their competency, and that, but I know they are working on that. And then... Um, yeah, thank you for that comment that they're being bullied by Saturday. That is actually so, to be quite frank. And I am concerned also that this week they're going to still carry on saying that the schools aren't ready and, uh, and carry on delaying it. And that was one of the reasons we just had to carry on because we felt we were ready and it's not political grandstanding. I can see why people say that. But it actually isn't. Um, it's, we didn't want to waste all our teachers' time when they'd been working so hard to get going. And our learners, it's also emotionally, um, affects the learners. They're prepared to go to school, their parents get them ready, and then suddenly they're told they can't go. So there were a lot of considerations. So, um, uh, thank you for that comment, uh, support, uh, uh from, uh, Britannia. And what is the other one? Yeah, grandstanding. No, thank you for the, for the saying well done. And Advocate Gum, yeah, well. I must say, as I say, I don't – I would really like to see them trying to improve education in in provinces that aren't up to speed uh, so that all – learners can get education. Um, I think that's all covered, uh,
1: okay. Katie. Okay, I think we'll leave it then. Thank you so much for your time. But the that's thing that we, we know for sure about uh, COVID-19 is we know so little. We know for sure that we yeah. know so little. <laughs> so we'll keep talking to you uh, as and when the need arises. Thank you so much. MEC, Thank you very much. MEC for Education in the Western Cape, Debbie Sheffer. We're going to come back in a short while and talk Child Protection Week. It's now one35